So we've, we've advertised Christmas Eve, which is, of course, Christmas Eve. <laughs> and it's, what time is it, Pastor Barb? Six to six forty-five-ish. It'll be about a 45, 50-minute service, and then you can enjoy your family. Uh, we do an, a typical Christmas carol kind of night. We have communion together and candlelight, uh, battery-operated candlelight. And Sunday, we're going to have service, 1030. So it will, be, it will be a family service, meaning that everybody's in here. So you'll bring the youngins. We will have some things we'll do during that time that will uh, include kids. So it'll be fun. Everybody say, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So I hope you can make it one or the other or both, and we'd love to see you there next weekend and by the way they're calling for snow just yeah and that's kind of the other reason i said that about the website all right well today's message and by the way i struggled with this yeah i was thinking last night lord this isn't funny and finally i don't even remember what time it was i i got into my office, I, I settled in for a little bit, and I had a few things going, but nothing really was resonating until this morning. Uh, Lord, why? Why do you like waiting till the last minute? But it came, and, and I believe that this is God's heart for us today. Um, the righteous enter his presence. The righteous enter his presence. So as we approach this Christmas holiday, how many are geeked about it? Three of you. All right. Well, I wanted to get everybody thinking about the reason for the season. How many know that God originally spent time with man? Right? They were known as Adam and Eve. Thank you, Sarah. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and God loved to be with them. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis that he spent every day walking with them and talking to them, and they to him. How cool is that? Do you know that day is coming again? The fact is, God loves us and wants to spend time with us. And we don't have to wait until we're in heaven to experience that. And that's kind of what this whole message is about today. God made man to enjoy his company, to enjoy being in the presence of our King. Psalm 140.13, the NLT says, Surely righteous people are praising your name. The godly will live in your presence. I love that. You may not feel like you're godly, but listen, there isn't a person in this room that has earned their salvation. It only comes through that relationship with Jesus Christ. It only comes from you saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And if you'll do that, everything in your life is going to change. And I'm speaking from my own experience. The word righteous 
isn't used a whole lot today. In fact, very seldom do we hear it anymore. What does it mean? It means to follow God's moral standards. Say that with me. Follow. follow. Start with the word. Righteous. Following God's moral standard, which is the Bible. That's where you find it. You want to know? Well, what is the moral standard? Read your Bibles. Hallelujah. I appreciate that. We need to do things God's way, not man's. Would you agree with me that man has lost his or her, or I'm not even going there, his or her moral compass? The church is here to bring that moral compass back. And we do that by living righteously. We do that by spending time in God's presence. You know, if your child hangs out with you, they're going to become like you. And I said this, I think, last week, that when you marry someone, and, the, and Jesus said this, He said the two will become one. The more time you spend with each other, the more time that you become like your spouse. Literally, some of us look like each other. I know, it's scary. It is scary. And, and you talk like each other. You finish each other's sentences. And it's, it's eerie and uncanny, but it's kind of cool. Because it proves what Jesus said. The two will become one. I'd like to pray real quick. Father, today we are blessed to be in your presence. We're still alive. We're living for you, Lord, hopefully. And today, each one that's here, we all have our own needs. We have individual needs. We have corporate needs. Lord, you know what they are. We lay those down right now. And Lord, as this preacher preaches, may you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. May you soften our hearts, Lord. If we're here today and we're, just, we're questioning everything, what is this nonsense? Why do I have to be here? Lord, I pray right now that you would just soften that heart of stone and make it soft to receive from you. And when this day is done, when this message is over, Lord, may you change us from the inside out. I pray every person here will have an understanding of what it means to spend time with you in your presence. Lord, we love you and we commit this short message into your hands. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. So God made man to live in his presence. And that means to commune with him daily. And sometimes in the church we get this idea that it's just a seventh day thing. And I understand the Sabbath is special, right? That's a day set aside for God. And we typically do that with, with our Sundays. Not everybody, but most in the church. But how many know, and I already said this about Adam and Eve, God walked with them every single day. He knew them intimately, and they knew him. And that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you and me. Sadly, 
Tragedy struck in the garden, and I'm not going to go there today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but it's back in Genesis chapter 3. We talked about it recently. That's when Satan, Lucifer, showed up and convinced the couple to eat from the forbidden fruit. After that, the couple sinned, God could have just said, you know what, enough. Why did I even create these human beings? And there are passages later in Scripture where he actually says that. And Moses ended up intervening at one point, and he, he said, God, don't strike them all dead. So obviously God has thought about that before. Why did I even make these people? All they do is rebel, like so many of us. Right? Like children. Yes, absolutely. I told my grandkids, I said, stay out of the cat food. <laughs> they weren't eating it, but they were taking the cat food and putting it in the water bowl. And the cat doesn't like food in her water or water in her food. You get the idea. So Papa O had that conversation. Rebellious. Here's the thing. God could have said, I want nothing to do with you anymore. But if he had, that would have also affected us. But God, right? But God. God already knew that man was going to fail him. Does God know everything? According to scriptures, yes. Their sin, Adam and Eve's, did not catch God by surprise. And by the way, this is for you. Your sins have not caught God off guard. Are you hearing me today? If you think that's the case, think again. He knows all things. And when the Father sent Jesus to take our place on that cross at Calvary, when he became the sacrifice of the world, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knew every sin that you and I would ever commit. Every sin. Nothing took him off guard. Nothing surprised him. So when we read this passage of Scripture, John 3, 16 and 17, read it with me. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Look at your neighbor and say, now that's good news. Again, God was not taken by surprise. And as John 3.16 tells us, the Lord ensured through Jesus that man would have an everlasting hope. And here's another point that I want to stress, just so that everybody knows this. Jesus was God's plan A. He was not plan B. Again, God knew all things from the beginning. So it did not surprise Him. He knew that Jesus would have to be, become the sin offering for the world. So from the beginning, this was God's plan. Amen? Amen. 
One often quoted passage of Scripture is found in Luke 2, especially around this time of year. But I want to make a connection between this beautiful passage and the outcome of the Messiah coming to earth in human form. Again, say this with me. This is God's plan A. Let me read this. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now these are the uh, shepherds who are out in the field. And at this point, what are they doing? They're shaking in their sandals. All right? They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Wow. Now, as I understand it, there are some 300 prophecies that predicted Jesus was coming. These are all in the Old Testament, long before He ever came. God knows all things. God had a plan. Everyone say this with me. Jesus brought great joy. Hallelujah. And that's what this season should represent to us. You see, the good news includes great joy that would come as a result of this little infant born in a manger, wearing swaddling clothes, whatever that is. His fulfillment is found in John 3.16. We already read that. The little baby was Jesus. The little baby was Jesus. Who is the Messiah? Messiah meaning the promised deliverer of Israel. He is the Christ. Even though David did not know Jesus, he wrote prophetically of him, and we find this in Psalm 16, For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I want to read that last little part again. Granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Now the Greek actually puts it like this. It says, you have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. I like that. That's the one I'm hanging my hat on today. God wants to fill us with the joy of his presence. What's interesting is that Peter quoted this very passage shortly after they all received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I just wanted to show this to you. It's almost word for word. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your... Notice, capitalized, is Holy One. Who is that referring to? Jesus. Jesus. 
You will not allow your Holy One, Jesus, to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Hallelujah. I love that. And this is what I want this church to strive for. We have an opportunity here to be a place where people can come and enter into the presence of God. And if I could just give our worship team kudos this morning. I, I sat... And to God be the glory. But I sat over there today and I, I, just, I just shut my eyes. And I could feel Him through the music today. I want you to know that they don't just show up Sunday morning. They pray through the week. They meet Thursday or Friday night to practice, meaning they want to come in here anointed. And that music can break chains. It helps all of us to enter in and listen to this. Satan hates it. The demons hate it. When we praise Jesus, they're not going to sit around here and go, <laughs> no, what are they doing? They're going, <laughs> and they run because they can't stand it when God's given praise. It's a weapon of warfare. When we all come together and we lift our voices in adoration of the King of kings and Lord of lords. What David and then Peter wanted us to know is that we would be with the Lord forever in His presence. That's a coming thing. It's going to happen. But not only that, I believe they also wanted us to know that the more that we spend time with God, the more we enter in with Him, living righteously, God is going to fill us with His joy. With the presence of His joy. God wants to fill us with His presence. When you go out into the store and you're thinking, you know, Lord, I want You to use me today. You don't want to go in there and give them Norm. You don't want to give them June. No, you don't. You want to be so close to God that when you talk to people, you don't give them you, you give them Him. That's something that's tangible when you spend time with the Lord. Rub shoulders with the King. That's what He wants for us. How many of you have ever been in God's presence? I think we experienced that today. But I'm, I'm referring to a little bit deeper than that. There have been times when, over the years, and, and I've been a Christian for 41 years, longer than many of you have been on this earth. There have been times when, like Paul, I had to wonder, am I in the body or out? I've experienced His presence so strongly. And there have there, there been times where, as I kneeled or knelt at the altar, that 
hours passed. And when I came out of, I'm going to call it a stupor because I don't know what else to call it, but when I realized where I was and I came back to my senses, so to speak, I thought it was five minutes. And I'm, I'm looking at the ushers as they're looking at their watches going, when is this guy going to finish? You know, because they didn't want anybody to miss whatever God had for them. And powerful experiences. I'm saying that to you because I'm feeling and sensing that this is what God wants to do here. Hello? You don't sound all that excited about it. But promise me, and I'm not doing well describing it, but promise me, when you enter in like this and when the joy of the Lord is found in His presence, you're going to walk out of here going... You want, to know, you want to know why that Cajun from Louisiana, why he is always smiling? Because he's in the presence of the Lord. Jesse Duplantis. How does one get to that place where God fills us with the joy of his presence? It comes when we're hungry. It comes when we're hungry. How many would admit this, that if you're full and somebody could put on a spread, I'm talking roast beast, maybe, maybe a loaded pizza, yeah, some kale. All right, I, I just... It, it just came to a screeching halt. But there might be a few of you who are like, yeah, kale. But when you're full, the best spread could be put in front of you, and you'll go, because you're full. But when you're hungry, a carrot can make you water. Right? It's true. And what I'm trying to say to you is we fill up on everything but God. We have to get our appetites to lean toward Him. And the hungrier we are, the more God will pour into you. And me. This church. The body. Does this make sense to anybody? We have to invite Him to be a part of our lives. We have to get to know Him intimately. I love this, and I share it often. One of my favorite verses, passages. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Notice, this is a progressive thing. It doesn't say, ask once and it's done. This is over and over and over. This is a daily event in our lives. Verse 8, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, God will open the door. 
Now, often we stop here and, oh, that's a cool couple of verses. But the next passage, I believe, is connected to this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not, right? So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? Are you connecting the dots here? You want God's gifts? Then ask, seek, not. He's giving us permission to go after him. Not a Corvette, not a yacht, not a 22-foot Triton bass boat. Hey, okay, it's in the back of my mind, but, but it, it, it can't be a priority. He has to be our priority. And when we get this in our spirit, man, our spirit woman, ah, oh, God is going to fill us with the joy of His presence. Say that with me, the joy of His presence. Hallelujah. What I'm sensing is the pastor of this church. We're entering a new year soon, a couple weeks, assuming Jesus doesn't come back yet. We need to take more time seeking the Lord. I'm going to be spending some time with our leaders here and just trying to figure out, okay, what's this thing going to look like? Now, in the new year, starting on January 2nd through the 8th, I think it is, we're doing a week of prayer every night. We're going to do prayer. It'll be on our website. I'll have a poster out there next week. Just so that you guys understand what it is, we're going to be praying and seeking God through that time. Asking Him for special impartations. Asking Him for healings. Asking Him to fill us with his, the joy of His presence. And I believe that as we continue this, not just for that week, but throughout the year, whatever that might look like, Sunday morning, we're going to spend more time up here. We have a, a beautiful worship team. These guys know how to play, and we need to enter in. And sometimes having that music just helps create an atmosphere where you, you let your guard down. And that's what we need to do, because when we do stuff at home, you know, if your kids are running around or you got chores to do, how many know it's really hard to focus, Right? Do you get, have you tried that? How many, before you, you'll enter into a time of prayer, and before you're done, you've dusted, you've swept, you've done the dishes, things you don't normally do, but you do it just because it's driving you nuts. And then finally, you might settle in for a half hour of prayer. That's how a lot of us work. I'm speaking from experience. But when we come in here, assuming that you're not a mother or a father, that has one of those little dinger thingies, and your kids are back there, <laughs> when you come up here, you're uninterrupted. And you can let God move. 
And that's what he wants for this church. He wants to move in our lives. Are you hungry? For some, and I'm just trying to explain this, for some, you're used to this. You, you exercise this kind of faith on a regular basis. So as you come to this church, what should you be doing? Here's the thing. Your job is to show others how. Amen. How, do, how do we learn? We watch other people. So I'm asking those of you who are mature believers, as we begin this, this new seeking, if you will, seeking God, I'm asking you to be the first ones up here. Show the rest of the people what it looks like to be hungry, to seek His face, to worship Him unadulterated. Right? Hallelujah. For others, this is going to be new to you. You might be a little apprehensive. <laughs> My suggestion is to try to put all this aside. Whatever it is that hinders you. That little voice inside that, that starts saying, this is silly! Let God have that. Repent. And I'm just going to say this, it takes practice. I've been a Christian for 41 years, as I just said, and I'm still learning. I don't have it all yet. So two things real quick. It's already started. You know, if somebody could come up and just play softly right now, that'd be awesome. And in, in a minute, we're going to have the whole team up here, but just a minute. When you come to the altar, the first thing you need to do, say this with me, lay down your sins. Lay them down at the cross. Leave them there. Don't go back and dig them up. Leave them there. Do what the Apostle John told the church to do in 1 John 1, 8-10. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves, not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. Second, another easy one, forgive. Forgive. Matthew 6, 14-15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Then the indictment. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Sometimes this is easier said than done, and, and I'm not here to judge anybody in this place. For some of you who, who have been deeply wounded by people, maybe an individual, maybe a group, this takes courage and faith. Say that with me. Courage and faith. That's what you need sometimes to forgive and I, I've shared this illustration before, but it bears witness again today. Corey Tenboom, one of my favorite, favorite 
people of faith. What a wonderful example of the difficulty of forgiving and the beauty of letting God use her. As I remember her story, and I just want to share it briefly, Corey, her family, they, they protected Jewish people. They hid them. Oh, that's from her. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. The Nazis figured out they were protecting Jewish people. And she and her sister were thrown into a concentration camp. They raped and they beat them repeatedly. And it was so bad that if they got lice, they'd try to keep them. They would actually try to get fleas to live on them, thinking that maybe they'll be so repulsive that the guards will leave them alone. That's how bad it was. The brutality is unmentionable. Corey's sister died in the Nazi concentration camp. But she lived. And God began to use her. She began to tell her story to anyone who would listen, praying for people, believing that God would do the miraculous. And then one night, while doing an evangelistic crusade in Europe, Corey looked out at the lines that were coming toward her as she was praying. And who does she see but one of the Nazi guards moving toward her in the line? She was horrified. The hatred within her rose. She knew that she could not forgive this man for what he did to Corey and her sister. The closer that he got, the more intense the internal conversation became as Corey talked to God. I can't do this. She was ready to run. Cut and run, as we like to say. Maybe you've had that conversation with God. And sometimes, out of that hatred, we say things like, Lord, strike them dead so I don't have to deal with them anymore. But God, the man kept coming, and finally there he was, standing right in front of her. The Lord simply told her to extend her hand, and the man grabbed it and said something like, I know you can't forgive me, for the horrible things that I did to you and your sister. And he started to cry. And at that moment, as the guard grabbed Corey's hand, the Lord's presence surged through her. And they both wept. And they both rejoiced. Corey didn't forgive that man. Jesus forgave the man through Corey. Do you get the difference? And as Corey was faithful, she was healed from the pain of her past. 
A lot of us carry that. And we need not do that anymore. So don't let bitterness prevent you from forgiving someone. Let God heal you from your unforgiveness and the pain that comes from that. Amen? So as I begin to close, God is looking for a people that are hungry, that want more of Him. He wants to pour His Spirit out on this people. He wants to bless us with the joy of His presence. Are you ready? You want to start today? We've already got folks down here just getting in God's presence, weeping before Him. What did I say? Ask Him to forgive you if there are any sins in your life, known or unknown. Listen to Him. Maybe He'll point something out. Is there anybody you need to forgive? And it starts by laying it down at the cross, folks. Let's go back to that original scripture that I began with. This is one of God's promises. And everything, according to 2 Corinthians 1.20, everything is yes and amen in Jesus, right? All of God's promises are yes and amen. Psalms 140.13, read it with me one more time. Surely righteous people are praising your name. The godly will live in your presence. We have that opportunity right now. So if you're inclined, come. The reason that Jesus came in the form of a little baby was to reestablish the link, that broken link between God and man. And God wants to spend time with you and with me. He wants to fill us with his joy. Let's practice this verse. Heavenly Father, again, we just come to you today asking you, Lord, just to root, renew a right spirit within us, Lord. Help us, Lord, just to draw near to you. And I know that when we do, everything else would just become as shadows, Lord. Teach us how to spend time with you. A lot of people in this room don't know how. Lord, help this man to draw closer to you. I want more of you. Say that with me. Lord, I want more of you. Say it again. I want more of you. I want the joy that comes from being in your presence. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Can we play? If you're able to stand this morning and that invitation is open to come forward.
sing holy, 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 I want to see. There's a hunger in my heart, and I sing holy, 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 holy.
So, I think I, there are a couple things the Lord wants you to do here. First, if there's somebody here today, and I believe this is from the Lord, and like Corey Ten Boom, you, you've been wounded by somebody. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was when you were young. Maybe it was last week. And you're, you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I just can't forgive that person. I believe that there's a special anointing right now from the Lord, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. You don't have to say what it is. I, I just want you to step out in faith and come up here. I want to pray with you. Pastor Barb, would you join me? There's somebody that you just cannot forgive. Hallelujah. There's a second part to this. We got we've got time. Besides praying for those who just really need God's help, like Corey to just extend your hand whatever that looks like I'm not saying that's exactly what you'll do let the Holy Spirit lead you and, and we're going to anoint you It's listen we're not going to spend a lot of time because there are so many up here right now but I just want to anoint you and I believe this is what God's going to impart is the ability to forgive this person whatever that looks like if he, if he has you reach out to this person then do it but I believe there's going to be some victories here today. The second part of this, and I, I think I understand what the Lord's saying. There are people in here today who've lost your joy. You used to be one of God's favorites and you show it up every day loving him. And for whatever reason, you've lost that. God wants you up here right now. He wants to restore the joy of the Lord for you today. So if that's you, get up here right now. Come on. I know there's more than one. Hallelujah. You ready? Are we going to... I'll go this way, you go that way, we'll meet in the middle. All right. Father, we thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands up. We anoint you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, give them whatever they need in Jesus' name. Put the joy of the Lord back in their lives, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. We anoint you in the name of Jesus. Joy of the Lord. Forgiveness. The ability to forgive. No more bitterness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory. 
Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Receive it. Receive it, brother. Receive it. The joy of the Lord is our strength today. Hallelujah. talk briefly and then we're going to play um, Joy Unspeakable next. Is that okay? We go out on that one? Can you switch gears? The one you sang during worship. Sometimes the Lord moves and people go out. Uh, an old term is they're slain in the spirit but we like, we like to say that God just shows up and the presence of the Lord is so overwhelming that you just sort of give out. And listen, God's a gentleman. He won't do anything that you don't want him to do. All right? But sometimes that is a result. So she's fine. She's healthy. Not hurt. Just, just to tell you that, in case you haven't seen that before. I know one of the younger people was a little worried. Um, we're good. This is a beautiful thing. Yes. And we just... We just trust today that what God's starting here in you ladies in this church, this is just the beginning. You may not, you may not find yourself living in Gaylord, but you can take the Lord with you wherever you go. So don't think, oh man, we're going to be moving. That's okay. There are other churches that are awesome in other cities around the nation and the world you'll find one if you're looking okay so don't think oh what am i going to do when i leave here god's got this and if you were one of those who raised your hand because you've been found it hard to forgive just lean into the lord i said this last week lean into the lord and just let him move and he'll take care of the rest Hallelujah. This thing's done. Lord, it's done. Hallelujah. It's under the blood. 
And you have every person that came to this altar in your hand, Lord. They're not alone. You're going before them. And Lord, you're going to make a way where there was no way. And now restore that joy in us, that joy unspeakable, as we sing this last song. This is the benediction. God bless you. Have a great week. Let's sing this and rejoice in the Lord.